Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, welcome to the edge, the precipice. We're peeking into the abyss. I'm Darren Yancey, and Jack Dorsey just might be a fascist. That's right, the Twitter, the Twitterdom. I jumped back into it, had to, uh, wasn't worth the other time. So uh, we'll cover that when we get to social media and such. It has been a busy week. Uh, for me, it's actually been two weeks because I did a pre-record for Congressman Westerman. So there was a lot of activity I didn't get to talk about uh, last week on the show because I had really needed to get that message out on that pre-record. But we're going to address some of that today because we really haven't had an opportunity to celebrate some of the victories that we've gone through. Now, I know today I've already gotten a lot of uh, information on my title for today, Joe Biden, outlaw president. Um, we're going to go over what's making him an outlaw president and why uh, it's time to be uh, bye bye for Brandon. And we'll get to that. But let's talk about some things. Let's talk about a few. Let's let's talk about what we should be celebrating right now, because there's actually some things to celebrate. Um, Super Tuesday was uh, a wonderful day in terms of sending a message to what I would call a runaway government, both on, on every level. OK, not just on the federal level, not just on the state level, not just on the county level, but all the way down to to city elections, city council um, things that were happening on school boards. We've seen a wave that washed through a red wave that washed through on last Tuesday of conservative victories. Uh, now they're getting the benefit of being under the Republican banner, but the Republicans don't need to look at this as well. We're winning on our brand. Okay. That's the banner that people are running under because it's there. If there was a state that was libertarian, it would have been on the libertarian brand. I want to be sure I make that distinction here. This was a conservative wash. There's even a new district attorney in Seattle that's Republican. Okay. We had areas in Texas that have been traditionally what they call uh, Democrat strongholds of, of Hispanics that are starting to turn red. And I'm, and I'm going to let the Democrats know something, and I'm going to let them know right now. They're not going to like to hear this. Here in the next election cycle, in 2022, you're going to see Texas get redder. That's right. You're going to see the Valley start to vote Republican. You're going to see areas that have traditionally voted Democrat, even though their demographics really were conservative people, but they just did it because they, they've been browbeat into it. They've been brainwashed into it. Uh, they're going to start to turn. It's already happening. And in the next election, I think what they're going to see is going to be such a shocker. Uh, in 2022 in Texas election politics, not only at the state level, not only at those county, but what's going to happen coming into the House of Representatives. Um, it, it's going to be a shocker to folks. There's going to be things that are going to change because right now I can tell you this, they're sick of what's happening. The border situation alone is making Texans hate. And I use that word. It's a strong word. Hate D.C. politics. Okay. Our state's been known to swish back and forth. It's been blue sometimes in the past. It's been red for a long time. It gets a little purple now and then. But I can tell you right now, they're getting red with anger. Anger, as is the rest of the nation. Obviously, the crown jewel was Virginia. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, I certainly am not going to tell you I saw it coming because I didn't. I think it's fantastic that it happened. Um, you know, I had a gentleman on not too long ago, uh, <laughs> Mr. John Zadrozny who is a resident of Virginia. We talked about his state and he said on this show, he said, Darren, I think my state is a red state. He said, unfortunately, we've got some areas of high population that have voted blue. He said, but don't be surprised if it goes red. And he was right. From the governorship to the lieutenant governor down to their state attorney general, clean sweep of their, uh, of all of those uh, statewide offices, as well as turning their house assembly. You have to understand Virginia now for really up until the Obama administration, 
it started changing during Bush uh, 43, but before that, it had been pretty red state for a long, long period of time. During Bush 43 and really through Obama, it really became more of a blue as more of those D.C. people came in and started taking over. But you know what, folks, even D.C. folks, you know, they, they move out to northern Virginia because they want to they want to have peace. They want to raise their families. They want even though they may be liberal on certain things, when you get deep down into certain things like protecting your borders and crime, and children, <laughs> we all bleed red. We all bleed red. And that's what happened in the case of Virginia. And I think, you know, now New Jersey, I, I, I think that governorship is in contestant. But even even if that gentleman up there wins reelection, if you look at all of the Republican surges there, it was fantastic all across the country. So that was a bellwether. OK, that was a bellwether of what's to come. So what were some of the results from it? Well, there was. H.R. 4 had gone from the House to the Senate. It was defeated. It didn't get it didn't get the votes. Now, I think the fact <laughs> had 13 Republicans not voted for the infrastructure bill, I don't think the infrastructure bill gets passed. So here's what's come out of that. Is you're going to see. Anywhere between five to potentially 20 Democrats on the House side that as these bills go forward, they're going to take a real hard look at the impact. And there's a lot of vulnerable Democrats out there that are in moderate to red leaning districts that right now they're they're dead in the water and they're looking at a way to potentially save themselves. So that gives you and I the opportunity to put some pressure on them to not vote for some of these bad bills. The infrastructure bill was a horrible bill. Now, I know everybody's pulling their hair out. They're going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm going to do a separate show on this, but there's got to be things when you're talking to people to represent you, okay? Whether you're going to vote Democrat, whether you're going to vote Republican, I think there's certain things we want to look at is, do they support term limits, okay? Do they support things like the line item veto? And do they support the defunding or the deauthorization of this bill. Now, you might not want to de deauthorize it, but you might want to go in and strip it out and get it actually down to the, the nuts and bolts and guts of actual infrastructure. There, there are also, I, I can tell you right now, there's a possibility of substantial constitutional challenges to this bill. So the infrastructure bill, is, it's, it's passed. It's not truly infrastructure. The good thing is you can possibly, worst case scenario, you can strangle it if you have a change in Congress in 2022. And right now, obviously, things are certainly trending that way. I don't think there's any question that Americans from coast to coast, from border to border, are rejecting the Biden administration and their liberal policies. So we've had some good things. Having said that, do not think for one minute that Nancy Pelosi and the leadership of the Democratic Party who have hijacked the Democratic Party. It's not if they might as well just call themselves the Democratic Socialist Party, because that's what they are. I don't believe every member of that party is that way. I think they're scared. I think they're afraid. I think this what just happened on November the, the 2nd sent up a great big waiver where they, they can go hey, I've, I've got a reason to buck the trend. They didn't have that before. Now they've got a reason. And I think that red wave we saw last night, that really started, I think, a year ago last November when we had the election, when we made so many progress in so many areas. Um, yes, it's time to talk about the theft of the, of the 2020 election in a manner where nobody's afraid of it anymore. We were all browbeaten, myself included, even at, uh, a, a former broadcast that I did that I'm not a part of anymore. That station came down hard of us. We don't want to hear anything about election theft. Well, you know what? We're going to talk about it now because it was stolen, but it wasn't just stolen by the Democrats, folks. And this is something I'm going to get into in today's message. If you're looking for salvation from decertification, uh, that there's going to be some reinstallation of President Trump, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Okay. Arizona came out with every bit of evidence to say we need to decertify. Have they decertified? No. And I don't think they're going to. And I don't think anybody else is because 
there were just as many Republicans as there were Democrats that wanted Donald Trump out of office. They're already trying to discredit him in a potential run for 2024 because a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are skunks that have been stealing from their states, stealing from this nation for decades, and he was starting to uncover that. And they don't want to lose their gravy train. Their gravy train is more important to them than you as an American citizen or a resident of your state. Promise you, that's what's going to happen. So what do I think is going to come? I think look for H.R. 127, which I did earlier on the show earlier in the year. I think they're going to start pushing that through. Would not at all be surprised if they try to come out and start doing something on the Supreme Court. I think the reason that hasn't come forth yet is because this Supreme Court's kind of been, whoa, a little off kilter here. And it, although on paper it looks like all-star uh, conservative cast, in reality, it's not been. So I think that's the only reason you're not seeing anything there. Uh, first major case that comes out, and there's one right now before the Supreme Court on the New York gun case. Uh, if that goes as what we're hearing in the scuttlebutt, I promise you the next thing you're going to see is a bill coming out. The difference is with what happened on November 2nd for the first time, we may have an opportunity where all the Democrats just don't go locked up and go, yeah, I don't know. I want to do this. So these are good things. All right. We're up against a hard break. We're going to uh, pay a few bills, get a little bit of ice tea. When we come back, let's talk about the outlaw. That is Joe Biden. You're listening to the information edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. Okay, I did a uh, blog, kind of an advance notice of today's show called Joe Biden at Law President, which is the title of this uh, story. And... Let's talk about some things that are currently in action and things that I, in my opinion, need to happen. Um, there are three sets of articles of impeachment against Joe Biden that are currently filed by the House of Representatives that are out there. And uh, articles of impeachment are not to be taken lightly. Um, probably the biggest mistake that the Republicans made during the Obama administration was not taking Mr. Obama and impeaching him over Fast and Furious. There's no question 
of what happened there. People died. It was a strong violation and uh, they didn't have any ads. And I will tell you right now, um, I'm tired of hearing, well, if we file do an articles of impeachment, it's not going to go anywhere. Well, it's not if you don't do anything about it. Okay. Let's talk about what's out there right now. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she filed a set of articles of impeachment. I mean, like right out of the blue. And by the way, you can go to informationedge.net. That's what today's blogs are. And inside, you're going to see uh, links in there for each one of these articles of impeachment. In her case, what she did was she effectively went in. I mean, she literally filed this the first month of January and said, okay, uh, you did all of these things as you, when you were vice president under the Obama administration, you should be impeached for those articles. Because remember, folks, we had literally just went through in a less than 90 day period, two impeachment trials against President Trump. The first one was over a phone call. Most ridiculous thing in the world. Why? Because, well, we had some um, bureaucratic traders that didn't like the fact that they were getting their cup of tea. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to put this statement out there, and I want someone to prove me wrong. I think all foreign aid right now is a political laundering scheme. Why are we paying people that hate us? Why are we paying people that don't need the money? And why are we paying over things that we know? Joe Biden was a classic example of. Money was paid to a certain country. Benefits went to his family. That's called money laundering, folks. There's a reason that we've called him the Biden crime family. There's a reason I call him an outlaw. And that's from this point out, he's outlaw Joe. He's the outlaw president. And he needs to be taken down legally by any and all means legally possible because he's a criminal. And we have a criminal occupying the White House and we've got to get him out. So that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene did right out of the shoot. As she filed that, I encourage you to go to the site. Uh, it's HR 57. You can see the link. You can go in and you can read it. And it's, it's very detailed. I mean, she didn't miss a beat. Now, since then, in the last 60 days or so, not even quite 60 days, two more sets of articles of impeachment have been filed by members of Congress. Uh, in around September 25th, Mr. Gibbs of Ohio filed House Resolution 671. And again, that link is on the site. What basically we're talking about in this particular case, what their beef was with Mr. Biden was several parts. Uh, number one, violation of his basically oath of office in protecting the border. Now, I personally think that should be classified as an Article 4, Section 4 violation of the Constitution because that's what it was. You want to say it's a violation of the constitutional oath? I think you could separate it out and make it two, two, two charges. But that's one of the articles. The separate that they had was a violation of separation of powers. He violated the federal moratorium's evictions. We know that that was ruled on by the Supreme Court. They said you can't do it. Biden says, well, go ahead and do it anyhow. Folks, there's a reason we have three branches of government. They are equal branches of government. That's how they were founded, so that they could have checks and balances. If the Supreme Court says you can't do it, Joe Biden doesn't have a right to go out and say, well, yeah, I know they're going to come back and, and just reaffirm the position, but let's get another 30 days. That's a crime. The third charge Mr. Gibbs put out there was he failed to act responsibly in his withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. I think you could also say that's incompetentness and uh he can't discharge the duties of his office, which is a 25th Amendment issue. OK, now this was filed by Mr. Gibbs in Ohio, other representatives, uh, Mr. Biggs in Arizona, Babin of Texas, Webb of Texas. They signed on to this. But hold on. It doesn't end there. Lauren Boebert, uh, who is the representative of Colorado three, and she kind of she she came into prominence because she's the one that told Beto, I'm going to go get your guns. She, she basically said, not going to happen. Propelled her. She ran for Congress. She's gotten elected. Um, between her and Marjorie Taylor Greene, those two women have got a bigger set of nads than most of the male Republicans in Congress, with few exceptions. They are carrying the water. They're... They're taking the bucket to the well. 
They're filling it up. They're carrying it back and forth, and they are shaming most men. Thank God we have these two women right now. They're showing more resolve, more spine, more balls than any other people that's in Congress because they're putting forth things. Yes, they're taking all kinds of slings and arrows. They don't care. They don't care. Thank God we have these women. Thank God we have them. Now, she goes out about three or four days later after Mr. Gibbs has filed his articles of impeachment. She goes out and files two more articles. Now, there's kind of some bleed over. One of them was she classified as a failure to ensure national security, whereas Gibbs was failure to act responsibly. You could put those together in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Okay, I think Afghanistan is a clear-cut example of why Joe Biden should not be president from a 25th Amendment standpoint. Okay, get his fanny out. He doesn't have the capacity. He either directly lied about information, couldn't remember whether he, if he lied or he couldn't remember. You don't have the capability of discharging your duties. Get out. Here's what she also put in it, and I agree with this one 100% as well. She put in there that he's colluding and giving comfort and aid to the enemy. Why? Because we left $80 billion worth of equipment over there. That has never been done in modern times, ladies and gentlemen. And you can argue whether or not we were supposed to be there. You can argue whether or not you supported the cause. When we've had issues, when we've left in the past, Vietnam is the most recent. You can do an internet search of helicopters and tanks being pushed off ships when we were leaving Vietnam because they couldn't take them back, but they didn't want the enemy to get them. What Joe Biden did this past summer was he armed and gave comfort to the Taliban, and he basically helped create now, at least through equipment, what could potentially be one of the strongest armies on earth. Now, whether or not their people have the ability to fight or operate, no, nah, it's a different story. But they have the equipment. They can make a lot of errors. They can go through a lot of ammo. They can tear a lot of stuff up. They've, had, they have, they've got years of supplies of equipment. They could just mess things up just trying to figure it out. It's not going to cost them a dime. You and I paid for it. We paid a couple of trillion dollars for that war and everything over there. And I commented earlier, whether or not we should have left Afghanistan is, is a separate argument. It's how you leave it. I personally think we should have left some type of contingency there to keep stability in the region. You could have got it down to 2,500 or 2,000 or something like that. Bottom line is you could have done better. But that's not Joe Biden. Okay. He gave comfort and enemy, comfort and aid, excuse me, to the enemy. And now... They're talking about that billion-dollar base that we built over there. China's taking it. I'm sorry, folks. These are crimes. These are high crimes. Now, what I would like to see is I'd like to see a cleaner version. I'd like to see a combined version of these resolutions because realistically, now you got you can add two more things to this, Okay. Number one, his, his VAX mandate, now that's not a crime. That's an executive privilege. He can try that. And I've been saying from day one, number one, a mandate is not a law. It's an executive order. They can be overturned by the courts, and they traditionally are, or they can be eliminated by this next successor. Okay? When a court comes out and says, hey, we think this has constitutional problems, as it does, you're ordered to stop. That's an equal branch of government, ladies and gentlemen. Equal branch of government. The, the judicial system is an equal branch of government to the executive as well as to the congressional, the legislative branch. If your equal comes out and says you got to stop because we got a problem with it, then you got to stop. But did the White House and outlaw Joe do that? Hell no, they didn't. He comes out and says, ah, don't worry about that. You need to go ahead and keep on enforcing the mandates. Oh, my God. 
do we understand what that hypocrisy would have been like? Let's go back. Let's just let's just change and put somebody else in there. Anybody that would have an R beside their name. Anybody. If they made that statement, the lamestream media would be all over them. Every Democrat across the nation would be lit on fire. It wouldn't matter if they were in a minority or not. They have a way of getting their voices out. And they would beat a drum until he was impeached. And you know what? It'd be the right thing to do. If Donald Trump did that, it'd be the right thing to do. But instead, because outlaw Joe, who runs the Biden crime family, well, you know, Mr. Poopy Pants can get away with stuff like that. And that's exactly what's happened. That's another charge that needs to come out there. And now we got one more. I don't know whether it's a violation to separate. I'm not, I'm not sure where to classify it. But somebody tell me where an Article 4, Section 4 violation, when you're, when you're not only allowing but an inviting an invasion of the illegals to our country, that you have the unmitigated gall to say that you're going to pay them because they got separated for breaking our laws. I don't know where that falls in terms of the charge, but I'm pretty sure it is one. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey, or I'm going to start calling it the Edge, the Precipice. Hope you're enjoying today's broadcast. We're going to pay a few bills, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. We're talking about Joe Biden, outlaw president. And that's what he is, folks. Last section, when I pointed out specific charges of articles of impeachment, which are solid, and then I've added a couple more charges in there. This is a man right now who is, for whatever obsessive reason, I, I can't tell you why, is hell-bent on trying to ruin the United States. I think there's, look, there's potentially more charges out there. The port situation could be solved in 30 days or less. If the Biden administration would get off its collective diaper ridden butt and do a few things, 
Darren, what? What, Darren, what might those be? Well, we talked about them here a few weeks back. The first is activate the National Guard to help the port. The longshoremen aren't going to seize an opportunity for 24-7 overtime. So be it. You want to work 9 to 5? Gotcha. Whatever your shift, not a problem. We're going to put the National Guard in there. First thing we're going to do is move those excess containers to somewhere. There's super fun site. There's desert. Get them out. Okay? They've got the logistical operation that they can get them out. Second thing, start bringing the trucks in. We got folks. Let's start getting people unloaded. You get the National Guard in. Inside of two weeks, you'll have those goods and services out. Second thing, make a call to Gavin. By the way, has anybody seen Gavin? Word is he's had a uh, reaction to his booster shot. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) That's just one of the worst things I've ever heard. Poor Gavin. You know, I, 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 I... I hope he does get better, but God bless him. You know, this is one of those things. There's this thing called karma. And I think right now he's having a little karma. I don't want him permanently damaged, but I do think it's hilarious that he's having an adverse reaction because maybe, maybe he'll start rethinking some of his policies. But the outlaw could call Gavin up and say, Gavin, I hope you're doing good. Let's solve that port situation. I need you. I need you to do a couple of things. Get with your state legislature. I need you to suspend AB5 so you can have independent contractor truckers come into your state and help move freight. And, Gavin, I need you to have your your laws with the California Air Resource Board. I need you to suspend them for a while. I know you guys are doing things. You want to have clean air. And, by God, we we support the clean air. And we're not encouraging people to bring dirty air in. They're going to say that. But we need more trucks. We need more trucks in there. And you've got an age requirement that's keeping trucks out of your state. If you can do those two things, Gavin, that'd be certainly that'd be great for California on a temporary basis. And it'd be great for America. Would you do that, Gavin? Of course, you know, he'd call Madam Drinker up and, you know, that's his I think that's his aunt or great aunt. I don't know what it is, but there's a relationship there. There's there's actually blood relations between the Speaker of the House and Gavin Newsom. Do what's right for the country. You could solve the port situation very fast. Now, right now, what's happening? Well, a lot of those those ships are coming down. They're going through the canal. They're going to go to other ports. That takes time. Doesn't happen overnight. But that could solve that port situation. So it's the fact that he's not doing anything, that he's allowing this to happen. Is that a crime? I don't know. I don't think just being stupid is a crime, but it certainly is a competency issue. For 25th Amendment. But then there was something that came on the other day that made me think twice. Um, Energy Secretary Janie Granholm was being interviewed, and she implied, she implied in her interview that due to the lack of complete vaccination of America, that certain goods were being held up until that was done. It's on my Twitter feed. It's on my LinkedIn. I I almost blew a toenail out. So if her implication is a direct down order, if Joe's saying we don't want to bring in stuff, we want to slow down the supply chain so people are hurting so that they're going to do everything we can, then that is a crime. And he needs to be charged with it. At this point, I can't prove that's a crime. I can simply say he's an incompetent boob for not taking these steps which leads to a lack of competency, which leads to a 25th Amendment charge. So whether it's impeachment or 25th Amendment, this guy needs to go. But now here you're going to go, okay, well, Darren, they don't have the votes to get impeachment out. Well, how do you know? How do you know? I think things have changed. I think right now, if every Republican signed off on one or all three or a different resolution for articles of impeachment, I think you could have enough defectors from the House, the ones in moderate-leaning districts that have seen what's happened in the last 10 days with the direction that it's, America's going. Again, I think it went back to a year ago. I think this is direction. And I think they want their jobs. I think you could get enough defectors. Now, could it get to the Senate? I don't know. Probably not. Because, again, you got Cammy there, and she's going to be the deciding vote. But it would send a message. I think you go through the process. You take his butt to trial, even if you're not going to win, just like the Democrats did. I'm sorry. They politicized the process. But you have a legitimate need here. If it's 
anything to send a message to Joe. But there's a wild card. And I have gotten lots of emails and I've gotten lots of social media posts and direct messages and all that stuff. And they go, well, Darren, what about Camelot? What about Cacklin Camla? <laughs> Do we really want her as president? Could we not be bringing in a worse situation than Joe? I don't know. It's hard to do much worse than Joe's doing. That's not to say that it's not possible. But here's what I'm more concerned about. And I got to tell you, Kamala's the wild card here. Because I think by now, she's not stupid. She's putting two and two together. She knows that she does not have a shot at, as running to be elected as president. For Christ's sake, she couldn't even get out of her own primary. She was submarined in the primary. She was put on because of the color of her skin and the genitalia between her legs, pure and simple. Okay. Not for her political prowess or what she had in ideas of how to help the country. Okay. But that doesn't mean she's stupid because she's not. Okay. So the reality of the situation is she's got to be looking at this from a standpoint of, okay, He's a disaster. He's he's a walking caterwaul. I could move for a 25th Amendment and take him out. And you know what? This is her best shot to do it. It doesn't get any better. So let's address it. Let's address that 8,000-pound gorilla in the room. Darren, what happens if she were to get in? Okay. Number one, whatever she does, she does. I'm not so much concerned about her. I'm concerned about who becomes the next vice president. And everybody goes, well, that's going to be Nancy. That's going to be Nancy. No, it's not. No, it's not. Read your constitution. Okay. And we've got example of this from what happened with Nixon in the 70s. 25th Amendment, Section 2 directly addresses what happens in the event of a presidential replacement. The vice president ascends to the presidency. But the vice president position is appointed. The new president, which in this case would be Kamala Harris, would appoint a new vice president. Now, that vice presidential nominee must pass muster by both houses of Congress. It must be approved in the House, and it must be approved in the Senate. Now, in the House... It's done by a plurality of states. In other words, the number of states determine it, not the party majority. And in that case, the Republicans have the edge. The Senate's a split. So it's really, it's going to be, it's going to be a 50-50 split. You might get one defector one way or the other, but so what does that mean? Let's, let's break all that stuff down. Let's, let's shift through, let's shift through the sand and find the nugget in the conversation. What it means is, Vice President, if she became President Harris, would have to nominate someone that's going to pass the House, knowing that the Republicans control that, but have something that's going to hit a split Senate. Is a hardcore conservative going to go through? No, it'll probably pass the House, but it might not get through the Senate. Is a hardcore liberal going to go through? It won't get through the House, even though it might pass in the Senate. She's going to have to go. She's going to have to play middle road ball here. You're going to have to get a moderate, and that could be a Republican, that could be a Democrat. It probably would be a Democrat if, if there is such a thing left anymore. And there's there's a few. We used to call them blue dog Democrats one, once upon a time, though we're actually conservative Democrats. Now they're more moderate. The conservative Democrats, the blue dogs, the Democrat Party basically hunted down and annihilated the last 15 years. But it has to be a moderate. Now, why is that so important? Okay. Why is that so important in the next 12 months? Well, number one, you have to understand right now, the only reason we don't have federalized elections and more garbage bills is because of two Democrats in the Senate right now, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, Democrats. They have been the wall that have prevented those bills from coming through. Had it come down to a 50-50 tie, Cammie Harris, boop. Democrats get it. 
if you get a moderate in there, they're not an automatic tiebreaker for the Democrat Party. And there's going to be stuff that Manchin and Sinema are going to vote with the Democrats on. That's, you know, don't, don't think because, now look, they're smarter than they look, but there's stuff they're going to vote with their party on. But that difference, that, that moderate VP could be the difference between a bill passing and a bill going down. That's what I'm interested in. The presidency until 2024 is a train wreck. Period. It is a train wreck. It doesn't matter who's in there. Whether it's Joe, who's got to go, or whether it's Cammy, it's a train wreck. If you get Joe out and Cammy comes in, number one, there's some articles of impeachment that have already been filed against her. Mr. Heiss out of the House has filed them for dereliction of her duties on the border. She's also got issues with what she did during the summer of love. Now, do I think that they would automatically impeach her? No, I think they'd give her some time. And she might look at the tea leaves and go, okay, I need to do what's best for my political career. She might be okay. If she's a train wreck, you got a majority there that could take it there. But understand, in my opinion, it's a train wreck until 2024 in the position of the presidency. Man, these segments go fast. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. We'll be gone for just a few minutes. We'll come back and wrap up the show. Don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the final segment of today's show. We've been talking about the outlaw Joe Biden current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, who's a criminal who needs to be removed from office by all legal means possible because he is trying to wreck our country. We just talked about Cammy, so don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. Look, we just deal with it. President's going to be a train wreck till 2024 regardless. But what happens in the House and in the Senate can determine how well our country does or doesn't go. 
got to remember, Barack Obama came out with a very screwy agenda and got plastered in his first midterms. And from there on out, he did some executive orders, but his damage, he did most of his damage in his first two years. The remaining portion of his term, the Republicans in Congress, for the most part, held him in check. Although I should let me go back and say this. John Boehner gave him every dime he wanted. Um, so, you know, you got to you got to put some of that on the Republicans there. But I think right now the goal should be getting Biden out of office. So how, how do you make the difference? How do you make it? How do you make the difference? Well, I've given you names of reps. If you go to the site, there's only a few a handful of reps have signed off on these articles of impeachment. And I have put a call into my congressman as well. Why aren't you on one of these articles? If everybody calls their House of Representatives, if you're a Republican, and demand them to get on it, and enough people blow up their email and blow up their phones and wear them out, I they will do it not because they really want to. They'll do it out of, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get elected. Okay? There's still a lot of, of swamp rats that have got to go out. For those of you on... The side of the aisle that are, let me put, let me rephrase that. If you have a moderate leaning district that's occupied by a Democrat, you can go to the National Republican Congressional um, Committee and they now have what they consider all these vulnerable seats, about 70 of them now. You can contact those people as well. I think there's 20 or 30 Democrats out there that are vulnerable that would join on this. I don't think all of them would, but I think there's enough there. If enough calls, if enough emails, if enough website inquiries come there and they're getting flooded, I think they'll look at this. Again, the, tr the infrastructure bill was supposed to be a done deal before Tuesday, November the, the 2nd. The results from that election delayed this bill and Nancy Pelosi did not have the votes to pass it. It took 13 Republican traitorous scum to get that bill passed. Now, does that mean you got to contend with those 13 rats sneaking SOBs to get this done? Yeah, you do. We already know that three of them are going to retire. What do you do with those? I don't know. You got to make it up somewhere, probably on the Democrat side or appeal to their humanity to do the right thing for the country. Obviously, there's some integrity there because they're resigning. That's good. You know, try to get them to at least do the right thing until they go out. That's why I tell people, look, I, I think I'm on the Senate side, I think Lisa Murkowski, I think she's toast. Um, but calling her up every time she goes, she's good for about 78 percent of the time. There's 22 percent of the time she's going to go with the D's. You got to be careful how you light her up because if she knows she's going to be toast, she will go hard D, hard liberal in her remaining year. We don't need that. Okay? You've got to be careful. And when you're calling these offices, I talk about phone calls and emails. I have never said and I never will say to be ugly to these representatives. Okay? Even though you, they may make you your insides churn and you want to vomit and all that good stuff, you be respectful when you contact them. Look, they got elected, okay? Whether we like the process or not, they got elected. Show them the respect of that, but put it in there. Say, hey, look, you're, here's what you're doing. We need you to go this way. But the first thing that's got to happen is the Republican members of the House have got to get on board with an article member. If there is a solid Republican House or only a few members that have got an article of impeachment and they need some Democrat, I promise you there's going to be some Democrat defections. It will happen based upon what happened Tuesday, November the 2nd. They now have their attention. At the same time, there's going to be the, the, the hard liberal leadership. They're going to push hard. So it's important that all these calls, all these emails, because I know you're making them. I know you get tired of it. But folks, we can't, if we stop, they win. And we've already seen what happens when you give them a little bit of a win. Now, I want to comment on something that I saw today on a separate social media site, and I want to comment uh, something about a potential Bank of America article that they're going to have a baby boom for millennials. It's coming, folks. It's coming. It's, it's, it's going to be out there. And uh, here's, here's a comment that I have. First off, I think it's great. I think if the millennials come out and have a baby boom, to me that says, hey, even though in the term, current term of 
turmoil and uncertainty, we feel our future is going to be good. I think that's good. Two, th two comments. There's another article out there that says 30% of millennials identify as LGBT. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. Does that mean they're going to adopt? Is that part of the baby boom? Got a lot of kids need adoption. That's one observation. Here's the one that we really got to work on, folks. I see more commercials today for 48-hour deodorant, for dry hair shampoo. I saw one the other day. I, I hate to even, I'm not going to say the name of it, but it was, it was a feminine product to help certain odors for 48 hours. My wife's jaw dropped. I rolled out of my chair laughing to death. <clears throat> I don't have any other way to say this. Take a bath every day. Wash your hair with shampoo. Use soap on your body. Use toothpaste on your damn toothbrush and mouthwash if you've got real bad halitosis. And if you'll do these things, you might actually be able to propagate and procreate with enough millennials where you can have a baby boom. And that's my comment on that. Go to the website, informationedge.net. You can see all the things that I put out there for you. It is a resource site. When I say it's a resource site, you can go there. You've got, you know, obviously there's the blog, our advertisers who are, are valuable to the show, show topics, which I go, you could see some of the sources that I continually go to, to draw. I'm always looking for new sources. The government sites, that's a big one. I've got Congress. Uh, I've got state houses. I've got federal divisions, pending legislation, the whole nine yards. Each week there's this week's podcast, although we're trying to bring the library on there as well as have it here on Voice America. I encourage you to go to that, uh, go through social media. Um, yeah, I caved in. Lawyer said we just don't have enough time and pro bono to go after Twitter. So I do have a new Twitter account. It's at InfoEdge65. My Twitter name now is The Edge. Well, Edgy Guy. Uh, Gab is at DGYancey65. Those are the two that I'm predominantly on. I am on LinkedIn under Darren Yancey, but that's really more for professional stuff out there. So check me out on social media. Go to the website. You can see the blog. You can go see today's blogs. Put any type of comments that you want in there. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Um, I try to be educational. I try to be entertaining. I want you to think. I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to be back next week. Please don't text and drive. And we'll be back. We'll share another message. We'll have fun. Piss a few people off along the way. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. That's me. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.